This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. football fans and welcome to the onside kick my name is ricky whitmer and as always i'm joined by the mark weber dub them ease and i say it every week mark but we really do have a jam-packed show for you guys this week we're going to be talking some nfl combine who may have been the biggest bust at the nfl combine this past week slash weekend i should say we're going to be talking about sam bradford who had a new deal with the Philadelphia Eagles, and we're going to be ranking our ranking, kind of giving our top five, I should say, for wide receivers in 2015. But Mark, the big thing from the combine this past, I'm going to say weekend, because that's when this player that we're going to be talking about did his 40, his 20 cone drill, whatever other things they do at the combine that mm, whip really out their dicks. That really don't mean it. Yeah, Chris Jones whipping out his. He didn't know that wasn't part of it. He (laughs) thought that was part of it. He he thought that you got to get like you know how they do all the measurements. Yeah, like yeah. Someone in the the locker room said it was it was just one big dick measuring contest. (laughs) He's like, oh, I got to take my dick out. (laughs) All right, but there, everyone across the Twitter sphere in the football universe, not necessarily saying what we said to name this podcast, but Joey Bosa didn't have the best of NFL combines this past weekend. No, no, he definitely did not. And it's kind of kind of disappointing after all the the hype. Mm-hmm. You know, he was being looked at, at yeah, as one of the number 1 guys in the he whole being draft. Looked at the number 1 guy. Mm-hmm. Depending on who you want to ask, but for the most part, yeah, he was number 1. Uh, I think he actually had an interview too where he was talking about being looked at as the number 1 guy and all the expectations that come with that. Um and then, you know, it just didn't didn't work out. He didn't perform the way he should have. And that's always disappointing when you have one of these players that you think, like, this is the mm-hmm. big guy. He's number one. Oh, I guess those those stats don't look that impressive. Now, of course, with that being said, you got to kind of take the combine with a grain of salt sometimes. You have those guys that shoot themselves way up to the top of the board when they don't belong there. You have guys that are really good players that kind of hurt their stock a little bit and end up becoming the steals. I don't know if that's going to be Joey Bosa this time around, but yeah, definitely disappointed so far. Well, and I mean the big thing that jumped out to me is not necessarily like the first thing that I know some people were looking at is the whole like you're talking how you want the big bucks, you want to be number one overall, and then you kind of lay an egg Yeah, in the 40. Then there's the other side, like Mike Golick on – Mike and Mike was saying he hates the. There are people out there that hate the forty yard dash and think that it's stupid that we grade a guy like on how fast he can run the forty, mm-hmm. especially for. And I kind of agree with this. Like we're, they were talking about Laramie Tunsil's forty. I'm like, really? Do we an offensive lineman? Do we really need to like evaluate how far he runs forty yards down the field? Because an offensive lineman is never going to run 40 well, yards in a game. A guy like Joey Bosa is never going to have a clear 40 yards yeah. or hit that quarterback. Someone's no. going to be in his way. He's going to have be to go more, around someone. It'd be more accurate to say, all right, here's your 40 yards, but there's going to be three dudes in the way. Get past those guys. Let's see how quickly you can do that. You know, that's more telling of what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. But I think for the thing for the combine, and it's kind of hard to wrap your head around sometimes because really – the combine is just a skills competition. We it just want to see 
who's the freak athletes? Who's the guys who are saying just based on talent or, you know, based on that freak natural abilities, those are the people that we're looking at through this. And, you know, you do want to see someone like Joey Bosa go out there and run a quick 40. You do want to see that he's fast and he's agile, that he could chase somebody down. It's nice to see, but at the same time, all these scouts know they've got the tape they can look at. They've uh-huh. seen him perform, and it's not like he's, you know, from East Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, he played in a real school and a real conference, as much as I like to make fun of the Big Ten. He played in a real confidence. He played, played in against a power real, five. He, he was a national champion last yeah. just a year ago. Played against real competition mm-hmm. out there. I mean, this is no Division Two football. Yeah, this, this is the real a, thing. This isn't a Jimmy Garoppolo from yeah, Eastern this Illinois. This is the minor league football out mm-hmm. there. You know, he's a real player. So Did you just call it the minor league football yeah. instead of college football. Same thing. Here's well, the there's thing. no minor league. Yeah, NFL, in the yeah. NFL. But here's the thing from his interview that I didn't get to that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And here's the quote, and I'll read it. When he was asked about if he'll run again, maybe at a pro day, he goes, we'll see if I run. We'll see what the team's times are with their hands. And if they come out pretty well, I probably won't run. To me, I'm I, like, I see that and it's like, I, I get the 40-yard dash kind of argument of is it worth it is it not and it may not be worth it however you got to play the game you have Mm -hmm. to like it's just one of those things how many times in just anything in life where i've i remember have been having this conversation with my grandfather in the past like hey grandpa i I don't want to do this and my grandfather would say that's how it is you just got to play the game you got to do this it's something like you got to like, oh, you got to talk to this guy because you got to finagle him. You got to play the game. This is how the NFL is. Well, the You got to play the game. The the pro days are kind of a joke. We always kind of make fun of mm-hmm. those more so than the combine. Well, I mean, look at Johnny Manziel. Wasn't it he that... Uh, didn't he didn't, only miss one? Yeah, he, I don't think he missed a single pass. He had the music blasted. Yeah. It was kind of like... He's got his swag going. It. But it's like we make fun of the pro days because they're so scripted. Mm-hmm. A guy like Joey Bosa can sit there and say, hey, the 40 is not my best, so I'm just not going to include it. Yeah. You know, I'm just not going to do it. I would The thing I would have loved for him to say in this is, yeah, if, if the coaches want to see it, we'll do it. If the scouts want to see it, we'll do it. You know, that's what you would like to hear him say is because he, you know, it's your time. The combine mm-hmm. are the things that you have to do. Yeah. The pro day is you choose what you want to show off. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of defeating a little bit. In one sense, he's saying it doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. Go watch my tape. It doesn't matter. But in that case, you might as well say I'm not going to do a pro day. Yeah. You know, watch my tape. So that argument kind of goes out the window for me. It's more of just him saying at least how I interpret it, is saying, Mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't do well, and I'm probably not going to do well next time, too. However, one of the big things with Bosa that everyone's kind of jumping on the comparison wagon with is he's the same height already as J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt, just like Bosa, came out of a Big Ten school. Watt went to the University of Wisconsin in Madison, the Badgers. And if you looked at their 40-yard dash, 20-yard shuttle, and three-cone drill. The 20-yard shuttle was the same, 4.21. Bosa was .02 slower than Watt on the 40-yard dash, relatively the same, let's be honest. And then .01 of a second slower on the three-cone drill. So eerily similar 
to J.J. Watt, and now you have all the, to me, I'm going to say Bosa supporters, like the guys who are really in Bosa's corner saying, well, look at that. He's just like J.J. Watt. He'll just shock the world and be the next uh, J.J. Swat. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think you can shock the world anymore after J.J. Watt. Yeah. He's already shocked us all. But, you know, it's interesting. I, I do – I made the joke before we reported, recorded the podcast mm-hmm. where I was saying, yeah, that bust J.J. Watt. I haven't seen him won a Super Bowl for his team yet. <laughs> you know, because, Only defensive player of the year. Yeah, exactly. He hasn't gotten to the Super Bowl yet. <laughs> um, you know, he's fantastic player. So mm-hmm. that's one of those situations where it's like, hey, I guess it doesn't really matter that much. Uh, now, we didn't have – I wouldn't think we have all the same expectations for a guy like J.J. Watt that we had for Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa, we're saying he's going to be J.J. Watt or better. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's J.J. Watt kind of made that unfair. He put the ceiling, or so not the ceiling, high. he put the floor right there because yeah. people were already comparing Joey Bosa to him. Uh, so, you know, it makes it even worse in his case. In one sense, you might have teams going, well, that J.J. Watt guy, I'd sure like to have him on my team, right? Let's go ahead and draft Joey Bosa because mm-hmm. he is – you know, J.J. Watt light, essentially, or J.J. Watt equal, depending on who you're talking to. So teams might jump on that. They might jump on that a little faster this time. I don't really think it hurts his draft stock too much. Maybe only you can use the argument hurts. that it won't be number one. That's what I was going to say. There's The only thing it hurts is, because to me, the Titans were, as of right now, they were looking at the decision, Tunsil or Bosa. Mm-hmm. Tunsler Bosa, and now this gives the Titans a reason to say, eh, there's a little bit of doubt, let's go with Tunsil and protect the franchise. Yeah. Now, I was already, you know, if you go back to my mock draft, you already saw that I said, it's not going to be Bosa. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Bosa didn't do anything to prove me wrong on this time, so I not much is changing at the top of mind just yet. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll have to wait and see the full thing a little bit later, but... Nothing's changing just yet for as far as I'm planning things, but we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see what the Titans want to do. Interesting thing from his uh, ESPN interview that I watched mm-hmm. when they were talking about, you know, do you think you're the best player or whatnot? And at one point, he's like, it's all up to Tennessee to decide that. I thought it was very interesting to kind of get into the mind of a player and just have one of these top guys who just will legitimately say the number one team, like. It's mm-hmm. up to Tennessee to decide if they want to take me or not. You know, I just I think it's very interesting to see that type of thing. You see it with certain players, and in this case, you know, it's a little. I don't know if it got to his head. I don't know if it's just that he was never that top combine caliber player. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what it is, but well, we'll have and, the to one, see. and the one thing is, it may not even be Tennessee that's drafting there. There's already speculation that. The Titans, I mean, of course it's a little bit different because, and I know this wasn't a number one pick, but mm-hmm. just like when the Rams highway murdered the Redskins yeah. and just took everything Redskins from them. Redskins still feel the pain For of that. a quarterback that they're probably just going to cut oh, he's gone. this yeah. season. He already packed his bags. There's like the Titans, they're talking about the Titans trading that pick, but right now I think the Titans keep it. They take Laramie Tunsil and... I I was going to ask you a question, but uh-huh. I feel like you answered it with your you'll have to wait and see mm-hmm. my mock draft because your next mock draft comes out next Tuesday. Mine yep. comes out this Thursday, and I'm going to say this about Bosa. You you know me, Mark. Mm-hmm. I like When I get something, it's really hard for me 
to keep it under wraps. Yeah, you you have already went out and predicted the Super Bowl winners for mm-hmm. the next like five years. Yeah. It's really hard for me to. You are all Mr. Bold Prediction. I am very bold prediction, but I'm going to say this as of right now, and of course with we've said it before with the mock draft game, things have changed. Like things can change. Mm-hmm. Where like right now in the 3.0, this is what if I think. If they don't change, why are you doing a 4.0? Yeah, but when I do a 4.0, it may be like, okay, well, I was wrong here. He's going to yeah. be up here. But based on the combine, I'm throwing it out there, he's not going to be a top 10 pick. I feel right now Joey Bosa, and of course all the pundits out there who hate the 40-yard dash could be typing right now in the comment section, you're full of shit, the 40 means nothing, blah, blah, blah. He's still a top five pick. I just have a feeling that teams are, this could be a a scapegoat kind of thing and Mm -hmm. give teams a reason to kind of If they're on the fence, it might be the thing that tilts them the other way. It's kind of what you're saying. There's two teams in the top ten. Two teams in the top ten that if they took Joey Bosa, I could be like, okay. The first one, like if he wasn't going to go number one, the next team is Baltimore. Because Cleveland is going to take a quarterback. Dallas, I don't think, would take him. The Chargers wouldn't take him. And the thing the thing now is, because of this time, DeForest Buckner, to me, is now the number one pass rusher. Mm-hmm. So maybe a team would take Buckner before they even took Joe Joey Bosa in the draft, but the Ravens and the Niners are the two. If he goes in the top 10, it's going to be those two teams. If he doesn't, he's going to fall out of the top 10. How far does yeah. he fall? You'll have to wait for Thursday to find out how far I've got him falling. It'll be interesting to see. I just want to, to play those. I like to think about the dream scenarios. If, te- if teams get their dream scenarios, what do they do? A team like the 49ers, like if they got a guy... Like Wentz sitting there or Goff mm-hmm. sitting there, but Joey Bosa has fallen. That's a fun game. Who are you going to take? You're going to go for that quarterback because you don't know if you're going to have Colin Kaepernick. You don't know if he's going to come back. Mm-hmm. Or do you go for that elite defensive player that would turn things around, or, J.J. Watt style? Or you know what I'm thinking? Hmm. Like Because everyone right now in the media is talking about the Ravens being that team. Oh, if Bosa's there at 6 the Ravens should take him. Well, if teams, if we get to draft day and it looks like, okay, the Ravens are going to take Bosa if he's there. Number five. The thing that, well, the thing that'll be interesting, and this kind of goes back to the movie Draft Day, for those of you who saw it, what team outside of maybe the top 10 or maybe from 7 to 10 say, ooh, I would like Bosa. Let's see if we can work a deal with Jacksonville. And would Jacksonville trade that pick or say, no, we need a guy like Jalen Ramsey. Let's go ahead and take the best corner. Yeah. Sorry, we're not going to take your trade. They'll trade, you know, the three next years of first-round picks, then somehow manage to get all of those picks back and even more. It's very impressive. Very impressive GM style right there. Have you guys seen Draft Day? <laughs> because it's a good movie, but I'm still – we talked about it, I think, last week – if you they know do the not dra- understand yeah. how the draft works. If you know the draft, it does not follow. I traded everything away. Now I got everything back and more. Wasn't he traded? Or he traded them to the Seahawks and then got it back? He, yeah, I think it was the Seahawks. But he traded like three yeah. years worth of mm-hmm. first round picks, and then got all and of it back and back. more. 
But the last thing to end the Joey Bosa discussion I want to throw out there has nothing to do with Joey Bosa. This is just a random question about the combine. Mm -hmm. Based off of what we've seen with Bosa and the combine, was it smart now, looking in retrospect, was it smart for a guy like Laquan Treadwell to say, I'm not going to run the 40? No, I don't think so because you're always – here's the thing. You go to the combine and two things happen. Well, three things happen. You're bad, you're average, or you're good. If you don't go to the combine, I'm sitting there saying, why didn't you go? What did you not want me to see? You know, what were you afraid of me finding out? And then no matter what, it's a negative view for me. No matter what, if you don't go, negative. At least the other way, you can be average or good. Well, he went to the combine. He just didn't run the forty. Well, at if the you don't, yeah, if you don't compete in one of the events, you don't yeah. show up. You know that makes me just say, hmm. Laquan Treadwell he didn't want me to see something. Treadwell did everything else. He did the workouts for wide receivers. He just said, you know what? I'm not going to run the forty. I'll wait till my pro day. To me, I look at that and say, like, there's, there's two sides to it. The first one is, okay, that's the one. Like, wide receivers, the one position that the 40-yard dash, that and running back. Yeah. Are the only positions that... You might be interested in what the quarterback does. May, maybe, if it's like a Marcus Mariota. Mm-hmm. But the the wide receiver is the number one position I want to see that 40-yard dash. Especially if it's a guy like Corey Coleman, who we're saying, just take the ball deep. Or like a Randy Moss, you know, just go far... And I'll throw it to you. I want to see mm-hmm. how quick you can accelerate and get down that field. That's where the 40-yard dash comes in. Especially a guy who's supposed to be number one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting choice. However, there's another side of it where this is Treadwell kind of kind of trying. I'm going to use the word cheat the system a little bit because Bosa ran the 40 didn't do so well. Everyone's talking about, oh, he's going to drop in the draft. No one's talking about Treadwell dropping. Nobody's no. saying Treadwell ran a bad 40. And for a wide receiver, I feel like a bad 40 would hurt more than a defensive lineman. But I think it'll be the kind of thing that comes back to get him. Mm-hmm. When it gets closer, they'll be saying, but remember, Treadwell didn't run the 40. Why? There's always going to be the question. He can say whatever he wants. Oh, well, just he, wait for my pro day. He's got to have a lights out 40 mm. as pro day. He's got to run a 3.8. Not even possible, but run it. You know, he's got to do something absolutely incredible. Because, yeah, I mean, no matter what, you're going to sit there and go, why didn't he do it? And you will not have an answer to that question. There is no answer to that question. Mm-hmm. He can say whatever he wants, but there's not going to be an answer to that question. So, okay, we're going to move on now. To we talked about some of the prospects. We talked about mostly Joey Bosa and him being a bust. But we got to talk about an actual deal that happened. Not not franchise tags, not transitional tags, but an actual agreed comment or contract, I should say, from the Eagles and Sam Bradford, a two-year contract worth thirty-six million with a twenty-six million guaranteed. Of that 36, is this the right move for the Eagles? I'm just going to get right to it. Is this the right move for the Eagles? Yeah, I don't completely get it. You know, it's not bad. You're not sitting there going, oh, you guys messed up. Mm -hmm. But you're sitting there saying, 
mm, you didn't, I don't know, like you could have done other things, but at the same time, were you going to get somebody better? You probably get someone cheaper who can do about mm-hmm. the same. Uh, you know, at least I think for, for Philadelphia, it's them saying, hey, we're still trying to compete. Because I feel like if you got rid of Sam or, Bradford... Or, hey, we don't want to lose out. Like, we don't want to mm-hmm. be the losers of that trade, and that trade being the one with the Rams. They're both losers of that trade. <laughs> that trade was a no-win trade. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, if they went and got someone else, I think they'd probably be admitting, yeah, we don't expect much of this season. Mm-hmm. So that at least this way they're kind of saying they're still trying to compete. You're probably not going to get that much more out of Sam Bradford than what we've already seen. You know, you're lucky if the guy stays healthy the whole time. Well, he's not. He's not going to be healthy the whole time. You know, maybe he'll be Carson Palmer. I've always said Carson Palmer will never be healthy, and look what happened. He was healthy. Then he, you know, threw, what, five interceptions? Six turnovers? Well, against something Carolina like that? in yeah. the NFC Championship game? So you've yeah. got that to look forward to. Brian, you'll have to fact check us on that one. Yeah, I mean, Sam Bradford's only played two full seasons. One was his mm-hmm. rookie year. So the last two years he played seven and 14 so 14's not terrible. You know, you're not that upset about that. But it's interesting with Sam Bradford because he puts up pretty decent numbers. Nothing lights out, but mm-hmm. he puts up good numbers. Doesn't throw tons of interceptions. He throws a fair amount of touchdowns. He's fi- he's a fine quarterback. He just isn't that number one overall talent that people expected out of him. And it's that kind of thing where, sure, Philadelphia lucked out here. Because they have a short-term deal. They kind of can use him as an expensive stopgap and move on later. Kind of figure out some other things first and let him, I don't know, maybe be a game manager. Maybe play the game that Kirk Cousins was or is probably going to be expected to do. What Jay Cutler just did in Chicago. What, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is going to do in Minnesota. Just be that guy who does enough and doesn't lose Mm -hmm. the game. And let the other players, the other talented players that you got, let them be the ones who do it. Yeah, this to me is, I know that the one thing I got to throw out there is the number one good thing about this deal is Sam Bradford's not coming back to play for Chip Kelly. He's not playing in that system that, let's be honest, it didn't fit Sam Bradford. No, it didn't make sense. At all. We're... Now he gets a guy like Doug Peterson, who last year did some good things with. Besides going one and five with Alex Smith, they turned it on at the right point, and he was with Peterson was with the Chiefs from 2013 to 15. Alex Smith came in, so they came in together. Alex yeah. Smith and Peterson, and I mean, Doug Peterson was able to do good things with Alex Smith. So maybe this is Peterson going, hey, you know what? $36 million. It's not one of those mega deals. It's only two years. It's kind of like a what can I do with this guy in the same amount of time that I had with Alex. Yeah. However, and, in the NFL, you know, if you don't win right away, you could be done after those shutted. two years in Philly. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting where it's it very much is that trial period. It's kind of expensive for a trial period. Mm-hmm. But it is. It's just saying, hey. You got a couple years. Let's see what you got. If it doesn't work out, that's fine. We'll move on. You know, if you're just average and we think we can do better, we can get better. If you do really well, great. 
we have you for a couple of years and then we'll work out something else. Well, and I mean, another thing that I kind of think of is, and of course, I'm not expecting him to go anywhere, but you kind of got to throw out is it's kind of interesting that this this move happened right now. Were they worried that Sam Bradford was going to sign with a different team? Maybe because you know how teams get when they're desperate to get. Plus, he was only there for one year, so he's got no loyalty to Philadelphia. But the thing that I'm interested in with the time of this is today the franchise tags came down. It was the deadline for the franchise tag. I want to say it was like 3 o'clock earlier today as we're recording here on Tuesday night was the actual you have to tag a player by this time or they become a free agent. Well, the Broncos tagged Von Miller. We knew that that was going to happen, mm-hmm. but it officially made Brock the Cock, Brocky Top, Brock a Doodle Do, whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. It officially made him, as of right now, the top quarterback prospect in yeah. free agency. So to me, if I'm the Eagles, like, unless you're sitting there and going, hey, he's going to resign with the Broncos. Otherwise, I'd be sitting there going, I want him. Yeah, I want to work with him, not Sam Bradford. I want to work with Brock the Cock. Yeah, but there's no way you're going to steal him, and they know it. You don't they think know so? They're not As steal of right him. now, Peyton Manning's coming back. Peyton Manning's not coming back. Well, okay. Get it out of no, your no, head. No, 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 it, It's not going to happen. I don't think he's coming back, but as of right now, I have yet to be told anything, so I'm assuming he's coming back. Brock Osweiler's been told plenty. You know, that was a at the Combine, John Elway's up there saying, oh, I haven't talked to Brock mm-hmm. yet. I'm sure you haven't talked to him. You have not sat down and talked with him. Yeah. Somebody has sat down and talked with him. He knows that everything's good. He knows it's going to work out. They're just sitting there going, Peyton, we told you we'd give you time, but come on, man. We're not giving you that much time. Hurry it up. We want to move this on. And it is March 9th that, boom, that day is when Peyton's new contract starts. Yeah, and it really is a situation, too, where, you know, they're sitting there going, hey, we don't. We're trying to give you the benefit here to let you retire. Do you really want to make us cut you? Because we're going to have to cut you. Well, and it's next Monday, the 7th. I, mm-hmm. The times, it's a little weird because the, I believe the 7th is, boom, free agency starts. However, the 9th is that time where, okay, like Peyton Manning, he's got to give a decision before the 9th because yeah. on the 9th, his new contract starts, and it's officially, boom, on the books. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, he's really taking his sweet time, but he took his sweet time before he went to Denver, too. He took a long time there with all that, so who knows. Um, yeah, but I'm sure the Eagles would like to have him. Interesting thing to point out with Sam Bradford, he's going to be 30 at the end of this contract. So I think there's some significance there, too. You know, he is going to be a little older, He's going to probably turn into that journeyman Mm -hmm. uh, because I doubt when he gets to 30, they're going to give him four years. You know, not many people are expected to be Tom Brady and play till you're 80. Yeah. So Sam Bradford, I mean, I don't know. I kind of expect him to, this is it. He's going to be the Eagle quarterback for two years. We'll see where he goes after that. He's just going to be on these short one, two year deals here and there, just on various places. Is Philly going to... Are they going to do anything? Like, are they going to go anywhere with Sam Bradford at at the helm? I think they could go to the playoffs. They can win the division because well, the division's not Tony good. Tony Romo's injured again. Yeah, Tony Romo gets hurt. I mean, the the biggest thing for for any of these teams in the NFC East is 
you have Tony Romo, who got hurt again. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins, is it a one-year fluke? But the real deal is the Giants. The Giants. Eli Manning with You mean this equal Manning. Equal Manning, that's right. Equal Manning with this system who he's really feeling comfortable with. The McAdoo system. With we'll get to the, you know, wide receivers soon enough, mm-hmm. but one of, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL, Odell Beckham Jr., who was not a one year fluke. No, he wasn't. He was not. He proved that it's gonna be the real thing. He's actually gonna do this. So there are some great things coming out of New York. Now without Tom Coughlin, yeah, I think they can go and they can do some good stuff. And really with the Eagles, and I know that I said with earlier in the segment that this deal for Sam Bradford was kind of like a why? Like yeah. why, why, why now? Unless you really thought he was gonna sign with somebody else, I just I'm starting to think about it a little more. And Doug Peterson has the possibility, quarterback and running back wise, to do exactly what he did with Andy Reid in Kansas City. And that is have a quarterback that it was on the way out. The old team didn't want him anymore. With Adam Alex Smith, it was the Niners were like, take him. We don't want him. First overall pick so many years ago. Take him. With Sam Bradford, the Rams were like, get out of here. We don't need you. You're done here in, mm-hmm. well, at the time, St. Louis. He's got the same kind of quarterback, that wise. And he also has a very strong running back. And if he can have the production. Does from, he have that running back, though? If he can have the production from DeMarco that he got from a Jamal Charles in Kansas City. Because the thing you got to think about with DeMarco, one of the big reasons why I feel like he didn't do as well as he could have, they didn't use him right. Mm-hmm. That system for Chip Kelly wasn't a fit for DeMarco Murray. Yeah, but I mean, I, it's going to be interesting to see with DeMarco what he does if he does bounce back like that. You would think he should. You really would. You'd think that he should bounce back. Um, so, I don't know. He's got to hope. You know, because you can't let Sam Bradford go and be the guy who is going to, you know, lead this team. It's not going to mm-hmm. happen. The thing that, you know, is interesting for DeMarco Murray, though, is he doesn't want to be in Philadelphia. He, with all his heart, wants to go back to Dallas. That's what he wants. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem like he wants to be part of this team. He hasn't really gotten to experience a new coaching staff yet, but Chip Kelly left a bad taste in his mouth, Doug and he Pe- wants out. Doug Peterson will turn it around. He will turn, like, and when I say turn around, I'm talking about with DeMarco. He'll make DeMarco want to be there again. It's a new staff. Everyone's coming in, and it's just Chip Chip Kelly's system sucks, and the 49er fans, I'm sorry, but I may pick you guys to go 0-16 this year with Chip. Of course you will. I may pick you to go 0-16 because Chip sucks. And then they'll win six games. (laughs) Or they'll win two and be like, oh, we won two. Fuck you. You're wrong. uh, But, yeah, this Sam Bradford deal, for me it's a big why, but I can understand why they did it, to not be redundant with the word why. Yeah, there's nobody else. Unless, like, the only thing I could see of why you wouldn't do something like this is if, and Eagle fans, let's be honest, it, you probably weren't going to be able to, if you could steal a Brock the Cock away from Denver. But like I said, that I say that, but it's kind of like a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. 
where is it really going to happen? Probably not. And the only other thing, you're not going to trade for Kirk Cousins. Like the Redskins want to work a deal with him. They made that clear when they franchise tagged him and didn't transitional tag him. So I kind of feel like it was either Sam Bradford or get a young quarterback that would be way worse than Sam Bradford, and you just got to handle with what you got. Yeah, exactly. But okay, Mark, let's move on to the final part of the podcast where we're going to be ranking some or giving our top five who we (laughs) think is going to be the top five wide receivers for next year. And before we get into the actual names and who we think is going to be great, you will start off with you. What is the criteria for you for this guy is going to be great next season? Yeah, you know, you got to take a few things into into account. You got to look at the yards, of course. You got to look at touchdowns. You also want to look at, you know, how often they're getting the ball. But I think really what it comes down to is kind of who is that number one guy? Who are you? Who is the quarterback relying mm-hmm. on? Who is going to be, if there's nobody else, or even if there is double coverage, I come from Chicago, we know all about double coverage, and you do it anyways. You throw the ball in there anyways, and yeah, they Chicago, still being manage Chicago to get tough, it. tough, right? Yeah. You say, you know what? I don't care. Triple coverage? Brandon Marshall's <laughs> going to catch it anyways, the, and the, he will. The old Brett Favre method, method of, oh, you're triple teamed? I'll, I'll slice it through that needle hole. I'll get it in there, <laughs> and you do. That's how it's done. These are That's kind of, you know, there's a lot of different ways to take it and a lot of things that might put a guy in the top five list because of his touchdowns or because of his yardage, uh, and that alone might get him there. But I'm really trying to look at all that, combine it a little bit, and see who's going to be that number one guy for the team, which I think is important, mm-hmm. and just who's going to be one of the NFL leaders. Yeah. You, uh, could, you could talk about fantasy, too, if you wanted, but I'm going to kind of leave fantasy out for yeah, now. Yeah, fantasy, to me, doesn't matter here. How many fantasy points you got, It like The Rock would say, it doesn't matter, but... I look at the total yards. Ricky, how many fantasy points you got? How many fantasy points? A big old it zero. It doesn't matter how many <laughs> fantasy points you got. Zero. But I, I look at yards, but for me, touchdowns kind of trumps yards because putting points on the board is more important than how many yards you rack up. Also, to me, and with one of my guys, I will say this kind of goes against him, and maybe you may say, hey, you know what? This guy's... N- don't put him in your top five for next year because he is a lower, but yards per game. Yeah. Yards per game is big because how much it's not just, oh, well, I had over a thousand yards, but I'm averaging like 50 yards a game. So that means, okay, you had like two big games mm-hmm. and the rest were just mediocre. But let's get into it. Mark, who are your top five? Well, We'll look we'll, at we'll talk about the guys. We'll, we'll talk about the guys. Not in any particular order. We'll talk about who the number one guy is. Later. Later. Because I think when it comes to the five, it doesn't really matter what yeah. the order of them So we'll are. talk about, you'll name your five. You'll talk yeah. about them. We'll so don't worry about, the, about the order that I'm listing these guys in right now, everybody. Don't freak out yet. So the people I'm going to put in there, going to put Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put Odell Beckham Jr. I'm going to talk about Brandon Marshall. going to talk about Alshon Jeffrey. It's going to happen. And then Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's getting in there, and I want to point out, want to point out, Des Bryant, no, Antonio Brown, no, not in there. See, Amari Cooper was the one he was. Re- he's the one I was referencing with the yards per game mm-hmm. because he had over a thousand yards receiving during as a rookie, 
But he only averaged 66.9 yards a game. Yeah. And he only had six touchdowns this year. So, I mean, I'll be honest. I'll I'll give a little sneak peek. Amari Cooper is in my five as well. But I think for Amari, it's more of a potential type thing. It mm-hmm. was only his rookie season last year. And yeah, and you're Carr definitely looking so, ahead to the future. Like, they're going to do so, like, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, Carr and Cooper, they are past their prime. I will tell you what. Mm-hmm. You're hoping, yeah, I think you and I both are looking at this and hoping it's going to continue on yeah. in the future. He had 1,070. Now we're looking for 1,200, yeah. 1,300. That's where we think it's going to really start to go. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about guys who get the ball thrown to him. You know, Amari Cooper's going to be up there. Not This past year he was, you know, not one of the highest guys getting the ball thrown to, but he's made a name for himself. Mm-hmm. Him and Carr are going to be comfortable with each other. This coming year, I, I didn't really mention that, you know, well, I guess I did. The guy who gets the ball thrown to him counts. But, yeah, that's going to be something I think that is going to rise so much of Amari Cooper. He's going to be that number one guy without a doubt because who, you know, it's the Raiders. They got to throw the I ball mean, to they somebody. Did, I mean, Crabtree did do well, but Amari is going to be the number one guy. Mm-hmm. He's the deep ball threat. And, I mean, like I said, with, with Amari, it's potential. That's the thing. I mean, it was only his rookie season last year. And if, I mean, if you look at other rookie seasons of, was it the greatest rookie season? Probably not, but it, over a thousand yards, your first season is pretty damn good. I mean, if we look at, I'm going to take OBJ as the microscope. He had 1,305, so about mm-hmm. 300 more yards than Cooper had. He had around the same amount of targets as a rookie. However, he caught the ball 20 more times of those targets. He had 12 touchdowns and an average of 14.3. So he had double the touchdowns of Cooper. So OBJ had a little bit of a better rookie season than Amari Cooper, but Cooper had a better average. He but if averaged you look, almost if, a full yard more. Well, you want to look at, too, you want to look at that projection. You want to see mm-hmm. what comes next, and that's where it's good. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. getting 150 more. He's getting another touchdown out of that. You know, that's what we want to see. If we can see 150 more yards out of mm-hmm. Amari Cooper, if we can see a couple more touchdowns out of him. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at OBJ, and I mean, not every player is going to have the same projection from season to season. I, I read off his rookie numbers, but this his sophomore one this year had around the same catches, but had an increase in yards. An increase in touchdowns. He had an mm-hmm. increase in average. Things were going up for and, OBJ. And, of course, we got to look at these two things. Uh, you know, we can talk about Odell Beckham Jr. a lot, but he also had more helmet punches on Josh Norman this year. Correct. More than <laughs> I think more than anybody else in the NFL. Led the league in Josh Norman punches. But the Raiders are just average team. You know, they were a 7-9 team. Yeah. They're, they, when it comes to passing yards a game, rushing yards a game, points, do you scored, take, do you all take of it's just into average. consideration as well, the what team do you play for? And it's like, oh, well, you, you did you did good for your team. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm thinking, well, not necessarily for your team, but I'm looking at what is around you as well because uh-huh. that's the type of situation where the team is just kind of average mm-hmm. getting better. If the team is going to be average and getting better, I expect that wide receiver to get better too. And I am taking into a, you know account what it's going to be for the team. Yeah, for him. So that's why I think you know Amari Cooper is going to be one of those big ones there, and he's going to be great. Now, 
in all actuality, you know, is he going to be one of the top five guys? He's going to have a harder time being one of the top mm-hmm. five guys. Uh, you know, Antonio Brown's going to have an easier time doing that, and I'm leaving him out. Des Bryant's well, going to have an easier time if he's healthy, and well, I'm leaving I'll just, him out. I'll just throw out there, out of our five, OBJ, Brandon Marshall, Amari Cooper. Those are the three that we have mm-hmm. exactly the same. The two that I have that you didn't is I do have Antonio Brown in there because, I mean, second he had the second most yards this year, had the exact amount of catches and less targets than Julio Jones, had two more touchdowns, and fumbled the ball less than mm-hmm. Julio this season. Another guy I have in here, and it's kind of a smaller team, and a lot of people may be saying, what, really? Allen Robinson from Jacksonville. Yeah, you love Jacksonville. On 80 catches this year, of course he had 153 targets, but on just 80 catches, he had more yards than Demarius Thomas, who had 105 catches, more than Larry Fitzgerald that had over 100, more than Jarvis Landry, who had over 100 receptions. Mm -hmm. He was right behind. He was 50 yards behind OBJ this season, had 14 touchdowns, which... Out of everyone in the top ten is tied for number one with Brandon Marshall, who just had a ridiculous season with Fitzmagic in New York. And this is another one of, it's kind of the Amari Cooper argument, but tenfold. Because he has the 1,400 receptions, he actually does have double-digit touchdowns. Mm -hmm. And that's a guy where, and a team like Jacksonville, in a little bit of a better place than Oakland, hopefully, but... It's one of those things where I think next year could be a breakout year for Allen Robinson. Yeah, for sure. Um, those Both those guys, Amari Cooper and Robinson, are having those potential type of things. That's what we're getting. I think we both threw one of these guys in there, for sure. Uh, although, I guess you threw a couple. Uh, so, we'll we'll see what happens with those guys. Those guys you're hopeful for. But when it comes to... You know, a couple people I'll mention, Des Bryant and Alshon Jeffrey, mm-hmm. uh, even though Des Bryant's not in either one of ours. Those are both the injury guys. We'll see if they bounce back. If they bounce back, things will be good. You know, the only thing that will hurt Alshon Jeffrey really is going to be Kevin White. If Kevin White is healthy and he's playing for the Bears, yeah, Alshon Jeffrey's numbers might go down a little bit. But you expect him to be the number one guy. You don't expect him to get 1,400 yards necessarily uh, when Kevin White is there. But maybe, you know, maybe not having Matt Forte stealing some of those catches. Maybe some more of them mm-hmm. are going to go to an Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, so maybe that'll help. The one thing I will point out, even though Brandon Marshall is on my list, I definitely would not expect another 1,500 yards. I wouldn't expect that at all because, you know, Fitzmagic took the world by storm, somehow did not throw as many interceptions as Fitzmagic likes to throw until the end. The mm-hmm. end, he definitely made up for quite a bit. I don't expect to see that same kind of production out of him. I really don't, and I would be surprised to see it. Now, Brandon Marshall's going to get quite a bit. He's going to get a lot. You know, He's going to be Brandon Marshall. He's going to be triple covered and still catch the ball mm-hmm. somehow. He's going to be in the end zone, still reach up there and just grab it. But I don't think we're going to have that same type of production out of the mediocre quarterback play that is kind of more average for Fitzmagic. Yeah, and I mean, one of the wider... Because our big difference was I had Antonio... Basically, Antonio Brown for Julio Jones. Mm -hmm. You think Julio Jones is going to be the better wide receiver next year? I'm putting my money on Antonio Brown. Of course, he's got to come back from that perfect concussion, but I think he'll do that A-OK. 
And then we have Robinson for I can't remember who your other one was. I don't think you who did you not you didn't put Alshon in. Yeah, okay. So it was yeah. Robinson for Alshon mm-hmm. were the mix up. And I mean I could see that because I mean with Allen Robinson it's kind of the same thing with Alshon. You talk about well if Kevin White comes back, he's gotta compete with that. Well Allen mm-hmm. Robinson has to deal with Allen Hearns. Is Allen Robinson the number one wide receiver? Yeah, probably over Allen Hearns, but Allen Hearns is still a quality target in Jacksonville. So it kind of feels like with us, we agreed on OBJ, Brandon Marshall, and then the potential of Amari, and then we just went with different places. Mm -hmm. You with Julio, me with Antonio, you with Alshon, me with Allen Robinson. There's one guy both of us left off, though. And that's Dez. Is that because he was injured this past year, so we don't have that frame of reference from this yeah, year? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things for me. His injury being one, mm-hmm. uh, Tony Romo's injury being another, because you hate to say best wide receiver and then talk about the quarterbacks, mm-hmm. but if Tony Romo's not going to be there, and we're going to be cycling guys in and out, trying to throw the ball to him, you know, that's going to that's gonna more. lower it. They had Kellen Moore this year. Yeah. Matt Castle, Brandon Weed. Maybe they'll have Johnny Manziel out there. Who knows? But, you know, if you have one of these guys out there, it definitely hurts the production for a guy like Des Bryant. Someone else that was hurt that neither one of us have on there, for good reason, Jordy Nelson. Neither one of us put Jordy Nelson in there. Well, I mean, the Packers are, and they proved it this year, where they don't, it doesn't matter who they have at wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers is going to throw to any of them. And really, Mm -hmm. to me, if I was going to say who's the number one target in Green Bay, well, yeah, Jordy Nelson comes in, and it'll probably be Jordy again, but it's Richard Rodgers. Really? Richard Rodgers had a better yeah. year to me than James Jones or Randall Cobb. If you ask me who is the number one target in Green Bay, I'm going to say that guy wearing green. Yeah, no, it's anybody, or yeah. white, depending on where Yeah, depending are. on what day it is. But it's, or that weird, ugly brown color that they wear Or that sometimes. weird, or don't they have a yellow, I don't think they have a yellow jersey. They got like that yellow and brown uh, like striped yeah, thing. Yeah, that's right, or the blue one, the blue yeah. one with the brown helmet and the uh Yeah, they get some the ugly jersey circle. options. Well, it, it was... It's, it's Green Bay. It's the yeah. old days, and it's Green Bay, and they suck. Yeah, they're the worst. They're the worst. Literally the, the worst team in the NFL. But, I mean, to me, I feel like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw it to anybody. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. It's kind of like why you never pick a Saints wide receiver. Yeah. Because I know Brandon Cooks is good, but Drew Brees is going to throw it to whoever's same open. With, same with Tom Brady. Yeah. Same with you well, know, equal Manning. Let's be honest. Tom Brady doesn't have the best, except for yeah. Edelman. He doesn't have the best wide receiver. Hey, receivers. he had Randy Moss one day. Don't forget about Randy Moss. Yeah, Man, I you know. Love Randy I'm talking Moss. about this year. And, and well, yeah, we're just Gronk, talking about in general. Except for Gronk and Edelman. This I mean, year remember Wes Welker with. was once a star True. wide receiver. True. You know. But when Edelman. He makes him whoever he wants. When Edelman's injured, who are you going to throw? If to Tom Brady wants you to be a star, he's going to turn you into a star. You know, it's another guy ne- neither of us put, and I mean, some people may put him in there. Jeremy Macklin had a good season with the Chiefs this year. Yeah, he did. For sure. You know, but the Chiefs are one of those teams where you think about them and you think about the run game. We, we've we got, and I mean, it's five spots for wide receivers, so it's kind of small pickings. Here's the snubs if you're like, who who did Ricky and Mark snub out of the top five? Mm-hmm. Demarius Thomas, A.J. Green, I'll throw Jeremy Macklin in there. Doug Baldwin, who had 14 touchdowns as well, however, only had just over 1,000 Yards receiving, he did pretty well, but the Seahawks are, he had to because Jimmy Graham didn't show up. Yeah, they traded for him, but they he never he never him. came. 
But before we end the podcast, we got to talk about, and I feel like we're going to say the same answer out of our list. Who's who's going to be the number one receiver next year? Yeah, pretty obvious consensus. Odell Beckham. Yeah, I mean, Odell Beckham. Hey, you're right. It's Allen Robinson. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> no, it's OBJ. OBJ yeah, I mean, there's no, sure. there's really no question about it. Uh, even though I think, you know, I look at the teams that are here. Chicago's not going to be one of those teams. Mm-hmm. The Jets aren't going to be one of those teams. The Falcons aren't going to be. The Raiders are not. You know, your Steelers that you have, Antonio Brown there, they're going to be competing. Antonio Brown may be a better fantasy option than OBJ, but OBJ mm-hmm. is going to be the better wide, actual yeah. like wide receiver. I really, you know, it, it's a surprise turnaround. It's a quick turnaround. But I think that the New York Giants actually, this is early, and I'm not Ricky Widmer. I don't like to make bold predictions early. Yep, I do. I but love them. the bold New York Giants Monday. legitimately have a chance to compete for the big game. Uh-huh. I'm not going to say what the big game's name is because I'm not Ricky Widmer. The Super Bowl, you but can say it. they got the you chance to compete it's, it's Super for Bowl. the game that the shall Bowl. not be mentioned. Super Bowl 51, you could say it. It's okay. Not prepared to do that yet. <laughs> Super Bowl 51, it's it's okay, Mark. Against the Patriots, who they will probably beat. <laughs> because Tom Brady signed a two-year extension. We contractually had to mention it sure. in the podcast. Are you, are you sure it's uh, not going to be Falcons versus the Patriots in Super Bowl 51? No. Falcons no going to come nowhere near that? No. No? No? Julio doesn't get a Super Bowl? You know what? He's got time. He's only 27. He can get a Super Bowl somewhere. Okay. Doesn't necessarily have to be of Atlanta. You know, Atlanta's not... I'm sorry to Atlanta fans. You know, I know you guys were 500 last mm-hmm. year, but I don't see things going up too high for you just yet. But that's going to do it for our podcast this week. I want to thank you guys for listening. If you're on SoundCloud... Hit that nice little like button, that little heart. Also hit the repost button that looks like the retweet button on Twitter. If you are on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button. Make sure to check out me on Twitter at Ricky Widmer. Mark is at the with two E's. Mark Weber, Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. Make sure to check us out on iTunes, mostvaluablepodcast.com. We're also at our Patreon page where you can help and support the podcast and make sure we're able to keep bringing these to you guys each and every week. We love you guys, the fans. We love everyone who listens to our podcast each and every week. I want to thank you guys again for checking it out. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.